You're listening to Spice Radio 1200 AM. I'm Marasia. February is Heart Awareness Month, so we are speaking with Dr. Karen Humphreys, Scientific Director of the BC Centre for Improved Cardiovascular Health and a member of the Heart and Stroke BC Advisory Board to talk about heart health, specifically in women, as the symptoms of heart attack and stroke are different than men. Heart disease and stroke claimed the lives of 32,271 women in Canada in 2019, which is one woman's life every Every 16 minutes, but most don't know the fatal signs. Good morning, Dr. Humphreys. Thank you so much for joining us this morning. Good morning. Thank you for inviting me. Can you tell us what are the symptoms of a heart attack and stroke for women to look out for? So the heart attack symptoms that women need to look out for are somewhat different than they are for men. I think most people have a pretty good idea of the Hollywood picture of a heart attack, which is almost always a man who's clutching the center of his chest and feeling a very strong stabbing pain. Now, women don't tend to experience that, or at least very few of them do. They may indeed experience chest pain, but they'll describe it differently. They'll describe it as a very heavy pressure. They might actually explain that it's a pressure in their back rather than at the front of their chest. And women also often complain of things like neck pain, jaw pain, shoulder pain, shortness of breath, nausea, and indeed vomiting. So it's important to understand that these symptoms that unfortunately the medical profession is called atypical are actually typical for women. The other important thing to understand is that while most men will present with chest pain and only chest pain, almost all all women will present with more than one symptom. So they'll describe perhaps that pressure on their chest as well as jaw pain as well as nausea so they're more likely to experience more than one symptom and why are the symptoms of a heart attack and stroke different from men um hard to know i think you know there's differences in our anatomy differences in our hormones um also i think that generally we would agree that women are better at describing what they feel we often are more in touch with our body and what feels right and what doesn't feel right So we will often explain uh, in much more fully what we're feeling than men do who tend to be more direct and to the point. And are there certain risk factors that specifically impact women? Yes. I mean, we do share similar risk factors. So let me start with that. We share risk factors like diabetes, hypertension, which is elevated blood pressure, uh, smoking. So those are shared risk factors and things like a poor diet and lack of exercise. But what's really important to understand here, two of those common risk factors that we share with men have a much stronger effect in women than they do in men, and that would be diabetes and smoking. So they're both they're bad whether you're a man or a woman, but if you have diabetes and or you smoke, it has an even worse impact on women. Now, in addition to those classic risk factors that we share with men, there are women-specific risk factors that are also important to consider. So one of those would be if you're on oral contraceptives, especially if you're on oral contraceptives and you smoke, that will put you at an increased risk of blood clots, which can cause heart attack and stroke. And then there are the risk factors associated with pregnancy. So during pregnancy, women can develop hypertension, Uh, They can develop really bad hypertension that is then called eclampsia, or they can develop gestational diabetes. Now, this type of hypertension and diabetes goes away after delivery. 
However, they are markers of risk factors for increased risk of cardiovascular disease later in life. So that's really important to be aware of. And can you tell us what type of heart conditions are women likely to experience than men? One that I've heard of, which I hope I'm pronouncing correctly, is tachostobal cardiomyopathy. Yes, tachosubal cardiomyopathy, you're absolutely right. It is much more likely to occur in women. Now, this is a transient heart condition. It's uh, triggered by severe stress or severe anxiety. Uh, Again, it's much more likely to be seen in women, but it is transient. There are other things that occur in women that are seen much less likely in men. One of them is SCAD, S-C-A-D. That stands for Spontaneous Coronary Artery Dissection. So that's where the layers of the blood vessels separate and the blood begins to flow between those layers and actually flowing in the blood vessel itself. That's quite common in women, not seen that often in men. The other important thing is it's often seen in quite young women. Uh, It can also occur during pregnancy. And then one of the big breakthroughs in research is something called MINOCA. So that's M-I-N-O-C-A. That stands for myocardial infarction in non-obstructive coronary artery disease. Now, myocardial infarction is just another word for a heart attack. And the classic heart attack is due to a buildup of plaque in the large epicardial arteries of the heart. That's our classic understanding of a heart attack. Now, Minoka is different. There isn't necessarily any plaque to be seen in those large epicardial vessels. But the really small vessels in the heart are dysfunctional. So that Minoka is, again, much more common in women than it is in men. Is there a relationship between the menstrual cycle and heart disease among women? Yeah, that's a complicated question to answer. It's not so much the cycle as it is the stage of your life. So younger women tend, on average, to be protected from cardiovascular disease. We believe that's because of their higher levels of estrogen. And then when you go through menopause and the estrogen levels drop, your risk of cardiovascular disease does go up. Some ethnically diverse communities in Canada are particularly affected by heart disease and stroke, such as South Asian women. Why is that? Yes, South Asian women, unfortunately, are much more affected by cardiovascular disease. They're uh, 1.5 times more likely to have a heart attack or a stroke. And I think the reason for that is they're at greater risk of those risk factors that we have talked about. So South Asian women, compared to whites as a reference category, are two times more likely to develop diabetes. They're also more likely to develop hypertension, and those are two very important risk factors for heart disease and stroke. Now, some of this is also cultural. Um, many South Asian women uh, are reluctant to exercise. It's not part of the culture. So those healthy lifestyles that we talk about, getting plenty of physical activity, can sometimes be a challenge when that's not normal for your culture. I think as well, the combination of a South Asian diet, which is very high in carbohydrates and very high in saturated fats, when you add into that the unhealthy Western diet, Um, that is also another very bad combination. So they're at increased risk and they have more risk factors, and that then translates into more likely um, probability of developing heart disease and stroke. And why do you think there is misdiagnosis when it comes to women's heart health and a lack of awareness and understanding around it? 
Yeah, I think the misdiagnosis is certainly a challenge. I mean, misdiagnosis is an important issue because if you're misdiagnosed, you won't be treated. Um, some of the misdiagnosis is partly due to what we already talked about and the fact that women present with different symptoms. They describe what they're feeling differently. Some of it is also uh, a social. You know, most women, I think irrespective of cultural background, we tend to focus on other people, our families, our husbands, our children, and looking after them before we look after ourselves. So I think if I'd like to leave one important message is if a woman is feeling really unusual symptoms and she really should reach out for help. Now, if they're really acute symptoms, like the ones I've described, you've got jaw pain, you've got nausea, you've got shortness of breath, you should really call 911. Uh, you would do that for your husband. You would do that for your children. I think we need to learn to look out for ourselves as well. That's a really good point you bring up there. And Dr. Humphreys, what I wanted to know too is why is there such a lack of awareness in specifically women's heart health? Is there just not enough research? Yes, you've touched on one very important issue. Cardiovascular disease for far too long has been viewed as, viewed as a man's disease. And yes, indeed, it does affect men, but it absolutely affects women. It is the number one killer of women. But we've only really come to accept that quite recently, to be truthful. If you look back at the major clinical trials that have been running cardiovascular disease, let's use statin, for example. So statins are those drugs that lower our cholesterol levels. If you look back, those trials run 20, 20, 30 years ago. They enrolled only men. It was almost as though, well, we're going to run this because men are in danger of heart disease, and, well, if it works in men, it probably works in women. Now, it does turn out, fortunately, that statins are equally beneficial in women that have coronary disease, but we have to really understand moving forward that we need to enroll women in our clinical trials as well. And I would add to that that we need to enroll women of all cultural backgrounds, not just white women, uh, not just white men for that matter. We need to address the lack of knowledge to do with women overall, but also important ethnic groups of which South Asians are very important. And doctor, as a preemptive measure to tackling this disease, what are the tests or routine tests that we need to undergo? Uh, there's several tests. I mean, again, you have to deal with your individual physician. But again, you know, it's important that you, that the audience understands that some of the tests that have been optimized for men are not as good in men as they are in women. And as a matter of fact, one of the classic tests that most people undergo if there's some suspicion of coronary artery disease is a, a stress test. Um, it works very well in men. It actually doesn't work all that well in women. And we have researchers now trying to understand how we can improve the diagnosis of coronary disease in women and start to adapt our diagnostic tests so that they are better suited. Another example would be the coronary angiogram. So that's actually like a x-ray, if you will, of the inside of the coronary vessels. We use that before we do an angioplasty, for example, or place a stent. That has been optimized for epicardial disease. Remember I said that's the disease of the large coronary arteries of the heart. It's not optimized for vi um, visualizing those small arteries that are affected in Minoka. And remember, the women are more likely to present with Minoka. So we have a lot of uh, work to do to improve our diagnostic tools. And what are some things women can do to help maintain a healthy lifestyle and a healthy heart? 
So the usual advice, I know it sounds a little bit boring, but there's a lot of truth to it. Really try and get out and exercise if you can. You don't have to do anything fancy. Getting out and walking every day would be a good idea. Pay attention to your diet. If you can cut back on the saturated fats, that would be very helpful. I think the other thing that's really important is to really advocate for yourself when you visit your GP. Make sure that you ask your GP, what is your blood pressure? What is your cholesterol level? If you've had a pregnancy during which you developed gestational diabetes or during which you developed hypertension, make absolutely sure that your GP knows that that happened to you because that's a flag for being at risk. Dr. Humphreys, is there anything you'd like to add before I let you go this morning? No, I think we've actually covered most of it. Um, I just wanted to say that, uh, you know, in addition to the need to do more research to do a better job of diagnosing and treating women, I do want to acknowledge that we have made uh, important strides, um, especially the Heart and Stroke Foundation. Um, Now the research that they fund, they will only fund research if the people include women in that research study. So I think we are absolutely moving in the right direction. Dr. Humphreys, thank you so much for joining us this morning. We really appreciate it. Thank you very much. Bye-bye. Bye.